Shumai, Kreuzer, and welcome to another episode of a Club Pilldroid podcast with myself, Ivan Gwilym, and Jordan Jones, founder of a Club Pilldroid website. We were both very pleased to be joined by none other than Nicky John this week. We discussed the live games that have been on Scoria so far this season, floodlight failure at Bala, 10-star TNS entertaining Flint, and the evergreen Fries Griffiths, back scoring in the top tier. Enjoy. Shumai Kreuzer, it's a new episode, same old me though, Ivan Gwilym here, as usual, joined by Jordan Jones. Jordan, it's only been eight days since we recorded our last episode, but we've had plenty of Cymru Premier games since then. 17 games, which ones were you at? So I was at um, Cardiff Mets game against uh, Pennabont on the Wednesday, and then I went <coughs> to their game against Kynarvan as well. So um, it's been quite a busy week, um, just looking at how many fixtures we've had. We're trying to cram that all in today. Mm, yeah, busy, busy, busy. Talking of busy people, uh, we've got a great guest on the pod this week. She's best known to us as Scorio presenter and reporter. She's an avid Manchester United fan and Welsh football enthusiast. It's Nikki John. How are you, Nikki? Oh, I'm really good, thank you. And thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Great. Yeah, you've been at a few live games this season, obviously. How's the experience been compared to previous years? Yeah, obviously life in general is just so different at the moment. Um, and going into it, you know, there was that there was that really horrible period where we just didn't know if it was going to come back full stop. Mm. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate that there are lots of people, lots of teams and clubs that are still in that situation and the uncertainty uh, hanging over over them is is just horrible. So when we finally got the you know the green light that yes the season was going to begin, but that it was subject to all these new protocols, um, it was it was obviously going to be a bit of a learning curve. Um, and also b- because of um, where I get to on a match day, I mm. am permitted a red zone access which involves then, you know, I have to fill in a daily COVID um, questionnaire um, and, you know, you forget to answer that. Well, then you, you forfeit your, your chance of getting into the ground. So there's all this, that's just me personally. But if you can imagine for these, um, you know, club secretaries, people who are very often only there on a voluntary basis, being responsible, not just for themselves, but for the whole team and everyone that comes with that, um, then it's a massive, massive responsibility on the shoulders. And, um, it, you know, it, it changes really. Yes, I knew there was work involved, but it's not actually until you're there on match day and you actually see all these protocols in, in place and you realise that you're, you're responsible for, you know, your actions can have a great effect on, you know, everything else that goes on. So, um, you know, it's making sure that those are all taken seriously and it is different, um, you know, sitting in the ground um, on your own, um, seeing familiar faces and wanting to speak to them, but then having to remember, okay, you have to keep your distance, you can only go into certain zones. After seeing, after not seeing anyone for such a long time, it's very um, natural to, you know, you just want to go up and embrace them, but obviously, you know, you can't do any of that. So um, it's it's a strange time, but at the moment, my feeling is that, you know, compared to lots of people, we're we're lucky to be able to get there and to cover them full stop. Yeah, certainly. What's been the highlight for you so far? Um, well, I mean, there's, 
there's been we, we've been lucky that we have had some good live games and I mean um Met and Canadvon on Saturday was one of them uh, because I, I feel with that game um both teams were coming in uh, with, with injuries and you know with players missing influential players missing from their squad as well and I think you know at this point we're beginning to see the difference that having all these midweek games is having as well so you know legs are tired um, but you you have to somehow you know that you just think about Matt and missing Chris Baker then from midweek huge blow for them when they've already got players missing as well um I know that Canadvon had players missing as well but it's I think maybe we're beginning to see the impact of what this quick turnaround is doing now Matt are very fortunate in that what they do have as a team is strength and depth and they have such a big squad and um you know speaking to someone like Emlyn Lewis beforehand who's you know quick to say well okay Yes, they have players out, but what's great for some of the younger players that is coming in, it's their opportunity, isn't it? They, they, they've gone through a period where, okay, maybe previously they would have been sat out on the bench watching, you know, the first teamers, but now they have a real opportunity to shine. Um, so, yeah, there's been, the, it's, to be honest with you, I enjoyed going down to um, Haverford West against Newtown. I wasn't really sure at that point what Haverford West were going to be about. And Newtown, I think, have been a little bit different to what I expected as well. Um, so that game was, you know, a really, really enjoyable um, because really we're talking, we're looking at two teams that, it was it was difficult to judge beforehand which way that one would go um and it was it was a really great game for the neutral to see so um yes you know you, you can have your like we had the first live game connor's key against bala which actually ended up being a nightmare for me because on kickoff i got sent home after finding out that um one of my son's classmates had been tested positive and that we were supposed to go into immediate isolation so that wasn't the best time to find that one out um but you know apart from that yeah it's all been great <laughs> There's been so many games this week, it's it's impossible to cram it all in. So, obviously, it's the highlights that we will talk about. We'll start with that Scoria live game, as you said, Nikki and Jordan, you both are there. Penalty awarded to each team in the first half. Elliot Evans failing to convert before Sean Bradley put the visitors ahead after being brought down in the box himself. Might get back to that bit in a bit, uh, Jordan. I'll ask your opinion. Canarvon stretched their lead late in the game with goals from Dan Thomas and Kai Jones to make a 3-0 final score. Jordan, uh, first of all, were they penalties? Because uh, Christian Edwards seemed to think that uh, Canarvon wasn't. I think the first one definitely was. Uh, it was more of a feeling inside the ground that it was a penalty. And then the second penalty, um, on, the, on the viewing of it, it, it doesn't look like a penalty. Um, but I think you have to be impressed by what Sean Bradley did to actually get into that position as well. He managed to get through a number of players, and I could hear Christian Edwards like shouting, saying, how has he managed to get through there, for example? So perhaps it's not a penalty, but I, I was really impressed with Sean Bradley. And obviously, you don't, you don't want to see players die for um, maybe a, a controversial opinion, but if it's not clear and obvious and you can try and deceive the referee, then why not go for it? 
Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Nicky mentioned players out with uh, for the for, for both teams, but Met obviously missing a lot of key first team players, winless since the opening day. Uh, who are they missing most, Jordan? I think it's that solidity at the back. It's, it's more or less like um, a new back four, really, is that you're, you're missing players like Dylan Reese and Andon Lewis and, and Brad Woolridge has been suspended as, as well. So it, it just shows that over the years in the Cymru Premier, we've looked at Cardiff Met and we've seen them as this solid team that doesn't concede many goals. But what we're finding at the moment is they are conceding goals and to concede three at home on Saturday, that's really not met way really. In previous years, they'd have managed to, if, even if they'd lose, they'd lose by the odd goal. But in some games now, they're losing by more than the one goal margin. I think it's just the defenders that they're missing the most is that if they can build a platform in their defence, then the attack will come. Obviously, Elliot Evans missed the penalty, but it's sometimes it's just on confidence on the whole team, really. I, I do think with that game as well, sorry cutting across you, um, but I, I do think like you, Elliot Evans, if he, if he doesn't miss that penalty, if that goes in, then that is a very different game because during the first half, it did feel pretty even Stevens between them. You know, there were, there were opportunities there for, um, to be taken for both of them. And I felt that, you know, it, it could have gone either way during that first half. Second half, obviously, Canadron came out and put it to bed. Um, but, you know, you just think, had that penalty gone in, um, you are possibly looking at a very different game there. Um, I think, and, and the confidence thing is so, um, I don't know, it just has such an effect because obviously they're on a run. Canadron are coming into that one midweek from a bit of a high, having beaten Flint at home. Um, you know, and that win was good for them as well because obviously they just had a couple of um, a couple of difficult games before that and a couple of defeats. So confidence and and what that does to you mentally is so. Um, I don't know, it just has such an effect because you only have to look at before this season how Canadron were after after Christmas last year. You know, apart from their Welsh Cup run, um, they, they were on a really, really bad streak and it was difficult to see where or how that was, was going to come to an end. So I just think that maybe with Matt, it's, it's a question of, I don't know, maybe patience, just maybe... Um, they are unlucky. They're really unlucky with where they are in terms of injuries and the effect that that's having. But last night, for example, only one nil. I'm sure they'll have been gutted about that. But obviously, one nil is an improvement on a on a three nil loss. So you know, hopefully, it's just a matter of time before we see the the Cardiff Met that we're more familiar with. Uh, I was at that game, and I don't know how it was uh, nil-nil at halftime. Barry were just bombarding the box, creating so many chances. Um, yeah, I, I'm amazed it was one nil final score, really. Barry were very good. Um, on to Canarvon, though, uh, and I'll bring this up with every guest uh, we get on this season, just so I can remind Jordan of his predictions. Uh, Nikki, some pundits tipped Canarvon for the drop. Um, they did. Yeah, w- would you agree that it's a transition year for them, though? Yeah, it's definitely a transitional year. Well, look, I live here, and um, <laughs> what I can say is that during the lockdown period and the summer holidays, um, you know, the, the club is spoken about. It's it's 
um, you go out into the street, you go to your Tesco's or Morrison's to do your shopping, you pass someone on the street and they want to talk to you about football. It's very much kind of um, the heartbeat of the community here. And I spoke to a lot of people who would come up and, you know, just ask, oh, God, what's going on? What's going on? Really concerned. Um, because what I feel was there last season was a very apparent um, rapport and I don't know almost like a, a family feeling in the dressing room there was really just a really good positive vibe there um, and you don't you don't feel that everywhere you go um, so yeah people would come up and you know be concerned at seeing these big characters um, in the dressing room leaving and also important figures on the pitch um, a lot of people were very worried, but I think um, he has been clever and informed with who he's brought in. Um, he, I don't know, I think maybe some people are thinking, oh, are, are we going to see like all the mates from Kevin Druids arrive and is it going to be that kind of thing? Um, but he's been, he's been really clever in the way that he's gone about it. And they are lucky because at the moment they seem to be gelling and they seem to be working we're seeing this week of course a couple of um the familiar faces from last season come back in on loan and i think that's only going to help to to bolster them really um because what they will be missing at the moment is their 12th man the crowd like every other club but here it really does have an effect on their on their game and you know they can they, they somehow they can just kind of suck that ball into the net sometimes and and produce that victory and be the 12th man um so yeah i think it feels it feels like there's a, a good vibe about the place at the moment um and like i say the the results kind of proving that at the moment except for losing last night to Connor's key, of course. <laughs> well, their only losses are, you know, three losses this season, but it's against TNS, Barry and Connor's key. Otherwise, they've been very successful, you know. On Ted Ivan as well is that, um, I think he's covered it as well in regards to their recruitment, is that on Saturday I was really impressed um, with Louis Augustine and Paolo Mendes. Mendes has added so much into that attack as well. Is that We've seen players leave, but... Um, Louis Augustin was showing so much solidity at the back. It's it just really impressive. Obviously, I'm having to eat my words because, because <laughs> of how good they're doing. But it's just a case of, like that. Nicky's right, is that the team is gelling properly now. And when you have players coming back, they mentioned like on Saturday they didn't have Mike Hayes, and Mike Hayes looked like he was going to be the player that was going to lead the line for Carnarvon. They were without him, but they're still managing to score goals. And I think that's a really important thing for Carnarvon. And I think. Maybe I might have to amend my predictions already and say that they might stave off the threat of relegation. <laughs> what, what you said earlier as well about um, Sean Bradley, you know, being really impressed by him. And I, and I think he, for me, is a perfect example of um, a player who has taken himself over the last like 12 months or so. And he, he's just like really transformed himself and he's built... Um, he, he's he's secured his place in that team. He's he's grown up. Um, he's you know physically he's a lot more built. He's pacey, um, and I think you know maybe he could have looked at over the summer and thought, oh you know there are a few significant losses there. Someone like Leo Smith uh, as well. He was you know players players that can change games. Um, 
and I, but I think that Sean Bradley is becoming one of those players, a player that you can look to. Um, you can give him the responsibility um, and feel confident that, you know, he'll carry that through. I'll take us back now to the first set of games uh, that happened after we recorded the last pod, which seems a long way back now, uh, last Tuesday, Wednesday, match day five. Uh, Newtown four, Druids one. I think when we were recording, it was still one all, wasn't it, Jordan? Um, the day after, it was Connors Key two, Aberystwyth nil, Cardiff Met nil, Pennebont one. Uh, Pennebont's first win of the season. They've since gone on to win uh, three in a row. Uh, Canarvon 2, Flint 1, we mentioned uh, an unhappy return for Nathan Craig. Uh, Barry 2, Havert West 1, with first goals for David Cottrell and Nat Jarvis since they joined Barry. And uh, the one game I think we should be talking about uh, from that round of games, Balavi TNS, the one that was streamed on Scoria. Oh. <laughs> ah, floodlights went out after 87 minutes, which means, well, now we know it means that the result won't stand, which is a shame uh, for many reasons. Um, one of which is the wonder goal by Leo Smith won't stand. That was a decent goal, wasn't it, Nikki? Oh, it was just the most amazing jaw-dropping goal, wasn't it? Um, and I, re- I really feel for him because, for me, as soon as he's as soon as he struck that, surely that's hit the back of the net and you're looking at a certain certain contender for goal of the month, if not the winner. Um, but I, I saw him put something on Twitter that, you know, okay, it won't count for anything now, but he knows that he's scored it. Um, it's difficult to know where to, where to sit on that replay, the fixture at 87 minutes argument because... My gut instinct initially was, well, it's 87 minutes played, you know, surely. But, you know, you can come to the end of the season and perhaps there's only a point in it um, for for whoever is at the top there. And I'm sure that, you know, Bala and TNS are going to be towards the top of that table. So if it comes to the end of the season and things are kept like that and there's only a point in it, would they feel cheated? Would someone turn around and say, oh, well, actually, we could have scored another goal there. You know, we will never know, will we? Do, um, do you think that it would be TNS, seeing the pattern of the game, how it went, and it was TNS that had only just scored that equalising goal? Do you think it's well, them that would have felt that more? But Bala were 2-0 up, weren't they? Mm. Um, so, you know, that they may, they may have felt that they got away, away with a point towards the end there. Um, but then at the end of the day, you know, this is football and you never know what's going to happen <laughs> down the other end of the pitch, do you? So, um, I, I personally, if I was one of those players, I think I'd be a little bit um, disheartened. But like I say, come the end of the season, then everyone might think, OK, well, it was the fair thing to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, what do you make of that decision to replay the game in its entirety? I, I think it is the right decision, even though we're in unprecedented times. Um, I remember Ian Johnson or someone from Barry um, before, and we, we look at how Koniski won the title last season. Um, so the case for that is is that I believe Barry scored a late goal in, their, in the final game of their Cymru Premier season before it was cut short. And Koniski had scored twice against Barry in stoppage time. If those goals don't happen, the title goes to Parkour. So mm. even though we're... we're 
the time is is that we're cramming all these fixtures into these into a short period is that it's the right decision to do that because we don't know what was going to happen it is frustrating because of the, how many minutes have been played but i think it's the right decision to do and, and i have looked at the fixtures and it seems like the midweek fixtures now are calming down a bit yeah uh, they are having a bit more of a break We'll uh, stick with uh, Balantines, but move on to the weekend fixtures. Uh, conflicting results, won't they? Um, we'll start with TNS. 10-0 against Flint. Uh, now McGuinness, second time he's lost 10-0 to TNS at Parkour. He did with, with Hill on the 20th of August. And he'll be so grateful to you for reminding him <laughs> that. He? He'll absolutely love that. <laughs> well, the good thing about it, uh, well, no, there's no good thing about it. Obviously, you know, it happens to a lot of teams. Uh, Aberystwyth lost 10-1 last year. Aberystwyth lost 12-0 um, last year as well. You know, it's some consolation, perhaps. But with Niall McGuinness and Hill, the three games after they lost 10-0 to TNS in 2016, they, lo- they won the next three. They won four of the next five. Um, so, Bala game's been postponed. They want yeah. to have a Fud West next as the next game. They'd be looking to... To bounce back now, won't they? They will be. Do you know, the thing about Flint that I will say is um, when I saw them against Barry, I was very impressed by them. And had um, Alex Titchener not gone off, you know, he he had to go off in like the fourth or fifth minute. Mm. Um, You know, potentially that could have been a, a very different game. And, you know, Barry had to really grind out that 1-0 result first day of the season. You know, we saw them beat Newtown, um, a team who were still settling into things. Um, so, you know, the 10-0, the on their day, TNS could put 10 past anyone, basically. Um, you know, and not that Flint were unlucky, but I, I think it makes them sound worse than they are um, because you know TNS when they're in their zone they are that unbeatable goal scoring machine um, you know they can either start with the likes of Greg Draper or they can put him on as a sub and he can come on and score you know he's a real Solskjaer he can come on and score four five whatever um, he, he just doesn't stop but, but you know they've got so many options and you know they've strengthened again as well um so yes there's part of me that sympathizes and feels for flint because 10 nil on paper looks and sounds really bad um but but i don't think that's where they are as a team at the moment uh jordan a 10 nil result i think quite often when this has happened in the past, is used as a stick to beat the league almost and, and sort of make a mockery of the league, not just you know, the team that's losing. What's your defence to that? Um, you, you have to look at the results on the next day in the Premier League when Aston Villa are beating Liverpool and Spurs are beating Man United, right? Is that, yes, it's a more of a regular occurrence in our league and let's, let's beat the bones about it. Like the new Saints are a full-time team Right, that's down to them. They train every day, and that's why they are that winning machine. Is that they have more facilities and they can do that 
so um, with, with that is that th these results will happen, but it's a case of how the team that loses by that scoreline picks themselves up. And like you mentioned, it's a good statistic is that they managed um, during the t during Niall's time at Real that they picked themselves up from that. And I think if they did play yesterday's fixture, perhaps it would have been a lot more competitive against Barra, who are probably going to be a team that is challenging. But I think it's it's more of a case of how good that new Saints team is, is that you can have someone like Greg Draper, who's not always starting, but whenever he gets the opportunity, he takes that. And that's why we're celebrating his record as well, is that he scored so many goals now that we have to talk about him in a positive light. Lucky that this is a Cymru Premier only uh, pod or else I would bring up that uh, Spurs 6-1 win over the weekend. Um, yeah, I don't think we want to go there in all <laughs> no. Well, there's, there's too many Cymru Premier games to talk about. We move straight on to Bala 1, Haverford West 2. Yeah, as TNS were winning 10-1, Bala actually losing to the other newcomers to the league. Wayne Jones's first victory in the Cymru Premier. Um, you you mentioned that you you've been to visit both teams, uh, Nikki, both of the newcomers. What are you made of Halford West? Obviously, you've got a, a star in uh, in Danny Williams. Do you do you think they can they can stay up? Um, I've been I've been like I said about the um, the Newtown game. I was really impressed, and going there, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Um, you know, there were certain players that I was familiar with from from seasons gone by but there were also several faces there that I you know I wasn't so familiar with um so that was a little bit of a of a lesson for me but in a very positive way um I think that you know take a result like that away to Bala and I know it was a last minute goal um but you know you come from how many miles from home and travel back with a result like that to to a team who have been playing the likes of Standard Liège in Europe, um, who have, you know, one of the most um, notorious footballers within the league for, for several years in their team in Chris Benables. You know, they've strengthened this season um, and, you know, who have been looking particularly sharp. Um, to, to come from my Tegid with that kind of result, I think, um, does great things from for the confidence, um, and you know it will it will only help them during this very busy period as we've seen again midweek um, to know that okay we can go um, and face the big boys and we can you know give a good account of ourselves um, late goal or not whenever you score them they all count in the end so yeah I, I, they they should be very happy with themselves and rightly so really. Uh, as I said earlier, Halford West Flint playing each other in the next game. Halford West are the ones doing the travelling once again. Uh, Jordan, which way do you see that one going? I'm going to sit on the fence. And I, I just oh. think uh, I'm going to predict some, somewhat of a draw. Um, I, I, think, I think that result in midweek for Halford West might, might bring them um, from a high down to quite a low because of the manner of the scoreline and such as well is that, is that that was a game that I think Halford West were looking to build upon and now it's perhaps a roadblock and now they've got to pick themselves up and get on a high again. And I think as well for them it's that little period where um, they're playing Pennebont who are just kind of starting to um, read well they, they've obviously found their feet now and they are you know making their own way now, making their own impressions. So maybe they were in lucky in a way that it was Penavant that they came up against next. 
um, because as we can see from Chris Griffiths last night, you know, <laughs> never, never too old is the attitude there. And, um, you know, he's, they're obviously got a couple of really good positive results together um, after a few weeks of, you know, maybe going ahead in a game and then conceding. Um, in a similar way to um, what I was saying about Cardiff Met earlier is maybe it's a way, of, maybe it's all about just just being patient, just kind of, um, but because for everyone, uh, there's been that horrible situation beforehand where there hasn't been a lot of time for pre-season. There hasn't been time for players to come together and gel and get to know each other. So a lot of that pre-season style stuff is actually having to happen at the beginning of the season. Um, and yeah, maybe it was a bit of a hangover from the weekend as well, who knows? <laughs> Three more games uh, on the weekend, which was Aberystwyth, who were 1-0 up. Uh, Barry down to 10 men. Uh, Barry coming back to win two goals to one. Um, Connors Key beating Druids five goals to nil. And Pennebont continuing with their winning streak, as you said. Uh, Pennebont 2-1 against Newtown. Um, then there were games last night as well. Barry 1-0 uh, against Cardiff Met. As I said, I don't know how it was just 1-0. Um, and now we've been five consecutive games. Uh, do you think Barry obviously got that loss to TNS out of the way uh, first game of the season? Do you think they can challenge for the title now that they've built up a little bit of a winning streak? Nikki? Um, do you know what? Barry are such a strong team and sometimes I have to remind myself, um, I think we probably all have to remind ourselves that, you know, it's so neat that it's only a couple of seasons ago, um, a few years ago, that they were actually coming up into this league for the first time after such a long absence. Um, I think what Gavin has built there is um, really, really solid um, backbone, um, not just within the team, but also the people that he has around him at the club. Um, it's Yes, there have been um, a few changes during the summer. People have gone, people have come back in. Um, but, you know, we, we look at, was it last Christmas that they were at the top of the league at Christmas? And that was last year, wasn't it? And not the uh, year before. I th it, well, the year, be the, the, the year before they were top of the split. Yeah, there we go. It's all kind of blended into, <laughs> into one somehow. You know, but yeah, they are, um, they, they are solid and they keep producing um, these, you know, like... They have a great backbone um, and I think that the, the results on paper are speaking for themselves. Yes, they had to grind that one out at Flint. Um, it, we saw a little bit of a different side of their play there, I think, um, because I think sometimes you can think of Barry and just think about the more attacking style. Um, and they do have... They're lucky because they do have options from where their goals are coming from as well, you know. Um, Again, someone like Kay McLagan, who, you know, sometimes you put your mortgage on, yeah, I, I think that, you know, we can expect him to, you know, put at least one away today kind of thing. Um, whether, whether they challenge for the league, you know, that is a big question, Ivan, because in all honesty, I think you have to 
go back and remember the fact that look at who's full-time and look at who are part-time and that it's inevitable that that has an impact um you know if you're working all day if you're working nights um and you're you've got a game midweek this week against a team who are professional and do this for a living every day and and don't uh, have other jobs to concern themselves with then mentally and physically we're both going to be in very different places going into that game it doesn't mean what don't get me wrong once you get onto the pitch that all goes out the window um but can i see can i see it being between anyone but tns and Connor's key again this year. I don't know that I can at the moment. At well, the moment, and that's really sitting enough. on the fence, isn't it? <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'll quickly rattle through the other results from last night. Connor's key on the Scoria stream, beating Canalvon three-one after being one-nil down half-time. Druids uh, still uh, winless, losing four-nil to Aberystwyth. Jordan. What do they need to do, Druids, now? It, I saw a video of their goal and how well they played um, against Met and they got that goal, but it's just a case of, at the moment, it seems that everything's going against them and the talking point is that Bruno Lopez wanted an international break um, <laughs> yeah. for the league. Um, I don't think that's viable for us. We need the games to be played and like I've mentioned is that the fixtures are now easing up a bit and we're going back to just Fridays and Saturdays, one game a week. Um, it's such a, a, a team that needs experienced players in there and uh, Jamie Reid seems the one that they're relying on and they do have Alex Darlington but they've lost such a core in their squad and it's, it's all about perhaps getting those players that have come with Premier experience because at the moment it's quite young lads um, who are playing on that team. They just need something else at the moment. Something, a result, because at the, at the moment it seems that they are competing in some games, but other games are losing so heavily, like, for example, losing to Newtown after taking the lead, but also losing 5-0 home to Connors Key and Aberystwyth yesterday. They need to stop shipping goals. The the last games then uh, yesterday were TNS 2, Newtown 0, Flint versus Bala was postponed, and then Hanford West nil uh, Pennebont four, which was mentioned earlier. Nikki, you mentioned Rhys Griffiths being amongst the goals. Uh, I haven't had any summaries from any of your reporters, uh, Club Hill Drive reporters, Jordan, but um, I have got this interview, uh, short interview with Rhys Griffiths. Two hundred and seventy-one goals now in the top league in Wales. How many more are coming Reese Griffiths' way? And should Mark Lloyd Williams be worried? Well, I'm glad you said two hundred and seventy-one because there is someone out there who keeps quoting me as two seven. Well, it was two six eight, so it is two seven one. I know I count them all, and I remember them all. And then, look, it's not about me. Uh, I, I've come on when the game was stretched and I managed to get on the end of two. But you know, the lads, the two boys who started at front work tires tirelessly. They've both got bags of ability, and, and in time, I'm sure they'll go on and score lots of goals. So he scored 271 goals in the Cymru Premier now. I bet, though, Cymru Premier defenders have thought they'd seen the last of him, Nicky. 
Yeah, well, I bet they, I bet they wish they'd seen the last of him <laughs> after that. Um, no, he's he's just like really uh, inspiring, isn't he? You know, I can remember um, years and years and years ago with Scotia, some item being filmed on him um, when he was at Kinashi, um, and you know, we're looking at this like young, weird bleachy blonde hair, you know, the, the, the pop star footballer type uh, who won the golden boot. Um, and he's just been consistently good, hasn't he? You know, he's been consistently there. Um, it's been really good to see a different side of him as um, a leader and a manager as well. I think he's the kind of, he's got the kind of personality where he needs that. Um, you know, he's he's a strong uh, character. He knows what he wants and he expects that to be delivered. Um, and, you know, early games during the season, um, you know, com coming up to Canarvon um, and, and taking a point away from here, I think if I remember correctly, um, you know, he they, they had a really difficult time during periods of last season. Um, you know, th there were several weeks where you thought our oh, Panabons are gone, um, but you know they obviously they they have another opportunity this season, and you just have to look at a result like last night's against Haverford West and see him get two late goals. Um, really inspirational, and he is coming along very well with his interviews in Gumbayek. So, Diane Curtis, Karim Wainbane. must say a big thanks to Nikki for joining me and Jordan this week and an even bigger thanks to you at home for listening. This weekend we've got six more games in the Cymru Premier. On Friday we've got Carnarvon versus Druids. Saturday we've got the live Scorio game at quarter past five, Ballard versus Aberystwyth. Flint versus Haverford West, we've got the new boys facing each other. Newtown versus Barry, Pennebont versus TNS and Jordan and I will be at Kinkoid to see Cardiff Met versus reigning champions Connors Key. Me on the mic with Scorio and Jordan reporting for a Club Pildroid. You can catch updates for all the games on a Club Pildroid website or Twitter feed on at a Club Pildroid. Both of us will be back next week to discuss those fixtures. I hope you will be back to listen as well. Until then, look after yourselves. Come on, Cymru versus England, Ireland and Bulgaria and Hoyle Vaur. Thank you.